Hi, it's Condé Nasty serving you Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. Burr. Hi, I still haven't forgiven Helena Bonham Carter for taking my role in this season of The Crown. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you doing, bitch? I'm quivering with excitement. All of me is subtly vibrating. I, wow, the, the ocean, those Teutonic plates. <laughs> um, well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I was so excited when they announced uh, UK Drag Race, primarily because I felt like Snatch Game would be something that would play into British drag queens' skill sets much, much more. And I feel like this cast did not disappoint. So it was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was vaguely curious if they would try a different, like, because obviously Match Game is an American show. I was curious if they would go for some more specific British panel show, because there's plenty of them. But I think it makes sense to stick with Snatch Game. It's just the thing everyone recognizes. It would probably be a bridge too far to pull out some deeper cut, you know, 70s British game show. Though if Oblivia were here, Oblivia could tell us about them all. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it would that would have just been unnecessary frankly yeah it's not broke don't fix it but yeah Yeah. i yeah a a few episodes in especially after the acting challenge and baga really ran away with it i'm like oh this will be a fun group for for snatch game oh for sure for sure um well all right um was there a mini challenge i cannot recall off the top of my head i'm sorry i'm just coming from a show and a k-hole yeah we've all been there um, I don't, there was no mini challenge. There's usually not in Snatch Games, I think. It's like, you, we have work to do, and this, and, and that sequence just takes a while. Um, so I think they dove right in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think. So right away we have Alan Carr walking around the room with Rue, right? And talking through, talking with the queens about what they were, uh, planning on doing. Yes, yes. And nothing, so, like... In a way, this was a very paint-by-numbers episode because it was all like the... It was exactly what you expected of Rue going to each queen and asking a shady question to, like, press to see how well they had prepared for this thing they should obviously be prepared for before they dove into the uh, manufactured interpersonal drama. Rue starts talking to Blue Hydrangea, who's feeling pretty... how do I say this? He's feeling pretty anxious about fading into the background and ask him if he's funny and he says he is not. What did you think of that exchange and all of Blue's sort of general commentary on, uh, you know, feeling like he's fading into the background, this isn't his skill set, and he thinks Rue's not expecting him to be able to pull it out? Well, I mean, talk about a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, you are a drag queen. You do know how to entertain people and presumably you know how to make them laugh because it's not, it's, I mean... Blue is like, um, she, she has some good looks, but it's not like you think of her as like, oh, she's just a pageant queen. You know what I mean? Like, you must have some ability to make people respond to you as an entertainer and be entertained. So it was just kind of like, I, I, I get that this very specific form of improv might not be your thing, but suck it up. You knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that they devoted virtually no time to Cheryl Hole. What did you think about Crystal's conversation with Rue about uh, doing uh, Rube McClanahan, the other Rue, i.e. Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls? Uh, I, 
that was like one of those like horror movie moments of like good god girl get out like i i just tasted it where it's like i i don't think it's gonna come off uh and yeah i just it, it's one of those i think there are queens who could do it but blanche's humor was so expertly crafted to ride the wave of inappropriateness but still be safe for network television yeah that i there are very few queens i would trust to ride that wave and crystal is not not someone that would jump to mind as being capable of doing that because even what she ended up doing not to discuss it before we get there but like turning blanche to a 12 and trying to make her filthy actually kills the humor of blanche because the humor that the 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 alchemy that made her so fucking funny was this like joyous extravagant but somehow still if you drill down in an fcc complaint still technically inside the line and i just didn't see that happening with her okay uh let's stick with the walkthrough um (laughs) i like how you're like well i've seen you know and i've got the 2020 hindsight honey uh what what did you think of the uh the bag of chips davina sort of to margaret thatcher's uh, discussion and the way that it concluded. So I assumed it was manufactured, and then I really assumed it was manufactured when uh, Davina both seated the character and turned over the outfit. That felt like something like um, that. That just felt like did they literally have a meeting at the hotel to be like, here's here's how this should go down. I think that's the tea that has come out that like they did both show up planning on doing that. They figured it out actually before that day and they pseudo produced that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how true that is because I sort of think they're both such great actresses that I think they would have done a better job were they pseudo producing it. <laughs> um, I do think that Davina has a very Julia Childlike up and down, like high pitch, low pitch, weird sort of wobbly vocal intonation that it reminds me of Julia Child. And Julia Child has that weird uh, La Jolla, California, transatlantic East Coast subplant accent that is truly bizarre and not very far off from British that I felt like Davina could have, could have done Julia better than most, but I don't think she was competent to doing Julia. But I understand why the concession was made. I do think she chose a character that she actually could have done a lot with. Again, I don't want to move too much into the challenge yet. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, that did feel a little manufactured. Obviously, some other queen is going to show up with Maggie Thatcher. You need to have a good backup. You feel competent. Just once, I want them to let it ride. Just be like, you can all be... Snatch Game is eight Margaret Thatchers. Go. I, I Just once, I want them to let it happen just to see how it goes. I also actually think that a lot of times when somebody does an impersonation for in it, like with Snatch Game, you're not doing an impersonation to do the best impersonation. You're trying to do an impersonation and have comedic beats, which which often, which is often like not so much about impersonation, but like caricaturing something about their personality or their vocal intonations or their tics for comedic beats. I think I genuinely think that if both of them were cast as were doing a Maggie Thatcher on two different sides of the the panel physically and chose what they chose to caricature about her. We would read them as different 
characters and whoever was funny would land as funny regardless i agree with you just once i would like them to let it ride i think with maggie thatcher you can do a lot of weird shit and i legitimately think that if they both did it they both probably would have been great and it was kind of like when when bob uh fucked with naomi small's head about doing Whoopi goldberg and because like bob literally busted out the sister act Whoopi goldberg in response to naomi small saying she was going to do seely from color purple Whoopi goldberg that actually would have been a great fucking panel. I agree. I agree. Um, and then uh, something Wong's uh, debate over Nigella or David Attenborough. Is it Attenborough? Attenborough. Attenborough. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, what did you think of that whole moment? Ooh, that was a lot. Um, it, it felt like they were giving something Wong the loser edit because it was like so much time spent dithering. And even with the... It wasn't like... There was something she was excited about personally, but Rue didn't respond to. She was second guessing. It was just like, it felt like both choices felt equally flummoxing to her. And that's, it, yeah, just, it didn't have the, like normally when the queen is like, here's what I came with. And I was super excited about it because it does something for me. And then they think they need a backup because it's not working for Rue. This felt just like nothing was primed to work. Yeah, I mean, you know that I have a pretty low opinion of something Wong, and I do feel bad about that, but I've been unimpressed with her and her, frankly, her decision-making on this show. Like, I, I don't want to be a bitch about her, but I feel like, like, I... Can you imagine if you were trying to be a bitch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's just, ugh, it just seems like she really didn't think about this, or she got there and second-guessed herself so much that it seemed like she really hadn't thought about it. And that she does a decent David Attenborough impersonation, but she wasn't really paying attention to what Snatch Game is and making her decision. Um, you know me, you know what I look like, you know that my Snatch Game characters, if I were ever on this show, would either be Joan Halloway from Mad Men or Nigella Lawson, because I am a thick, widely built porcelain man whose female relatives look a lot like both of those women. And I feel like with both of them, they're sort of classy and sensual and soft. And everything they say feels sexy and a little like an innuendo, like a high, like like a fantasy idea of a high class call girl. And I love like Nigella Lawson leaning into alliteration and and describing cooking in such a succulent and sensual way that it feels like the highest brow of a pornographic introduction. <laughs> um, and I feel like I would really play with that and probably escalate it just to touch over the edge towards the end but i would but that would be like 99 percent of it would be playing with it and playing with sort of sensual alliteration softly touching my chest like i'm innocuously rubbing my very large breast like you know inattentively like i i just that's what i would do i genuinely think that something wong would have done better with nigella because i think she's actually a great character for snatch game and i think she's got a tone and vocal intonation where it wouldn't feel like you were competing for airtime uh, or, like, trying to shout over anybody. Um, but that's me. Uh, who would your Snatch Game character be? Uh, I mean, would it have... If they'd let... It, I'd have to, like, murder a Disney lawyer and, like, wear his skin suit to sign off on the paperwork. But I could... I think I would do a pretty mean Ursula. Like, that's, it's not... It's not just uh, advertising. I think I would fucking kill it. Uh, but I... I, don't I concur. Know. Um, beyond that... It's, it's such a big world. 
I I honestly don't have a good answer for this, and I feel bad about that. But I I just like like maybe Bette Midler, like 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 yeah, like maybe like someone in that like a big brassy dame. I think I think I would do well in that area. I do too. I absolutely do too. Um, I like I think that it would take a little practicing and looking at YouTube videos, but I think there are lots of types of personas that you would have the comedic sensibilities to essentialize and exaggerate for comedic timing. Um, so I think if anything, it's good that you are like, there's so many people I think I could do this well with like that's, and I agree with you. Um, like, like just sitting here, I think I could do a pretty, pr- I think I could do a fun Jenna Maroney because it's one of those, how much is it acting? How much is it me? You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Which is always fun. Um, all right. So with that, I think I'm ready to move on to the, oh, the Vivian in the workroom, by the way. Actually, just two things in the workroom. I thought it was interesting that the Vivian was like, here are three impersonations that I do great. Now, like, this is the best walkthrough engagement ever. So now the stakes are really, and the bar is really high for me. And Alan Carr is so funny on his show, but I have found him much less funny on this show thus far. I don't know if he's, like, out of his element or they're not editing his funny moments. I thought he was great being just kind of Alan Carr weirdo in the workroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so we get into the challenge. I don't know either of these guests. Do you know either of these guests? I had no clue. I've had people explain it to me, and I'm still kind of like, no idea. You're a okay. I think they're like one's like a morning talk show host, one's like an evening talk show host. Um, Fun. They were fine. No, no shade that I. I mean, if I, it's not. I don't think it's a bad. It's not necessarily a ding if I don't know who you are. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, not a clue. <laughs> I agree. Uh, okay, so. Right away, we start off with Julia and the joy of cooking joke, which she just gives a technically accurate answer for. Also, that wasn't her book. She's like, isn't it the joy of French cooking or the it's, something? It's mastering the art of French cooking. There we go. Um, but she, right away, she's agreeing with the joy of cooking. I have a feeling that if she was Margaret Maggie Thatcher, like Davina would have leaned into all of the comedic oddities of Maggie Thatcher had not answered with actual answers, but like been playful. But I think she was so self-conscious of Julia Child as a new character for her to play that I don't think she was really doing that effectively. Like, I think she was just like, yeah, the joy of cooking. Like she didn't, she saw no, there were plenty of opportunities for her to be funny and she wasn't really trying. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Julia Child's like a snatch game trap. Where it's like, you think her voice provides the platform for uh, a good Snatch Game personality, but I I think people get hung up on it and it ends up disabling them. I think it's one of those like, yeah, you can nail the kind of hooty up and down voice, but then there's nowhere else to go because that's what we know so much about her. And the real woman, by the way, would have excelled at Match Game. She was a riot. Uh, uh, There was a... uh, Her kids published a series of letters between her and her best friend after her death i i like laugh cried for like three days straight um so she's a fun personality but they never seem to link into that where it's like she's she's a six foot two woman who invented her own job and i they they never 
they they get so hung up on like doing Dan Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live doing Julia Child that they forget that there's like this whole other arc of like really engaging energy that they could tap into. And I don't know if it's because maybe no one's done a deeper dive into the life of Julia Child that I have, or they just get hung up on this technical impersonation. I don't think she's a trap. I do think people lean too much into the Dan Aykroyd impersonation, which we've seen before and is not fully mining her for her comedic capacity in this forum. And I think for many of the reasons you described, I don't think she's a trap. I think she's a great option for a lot of people. And I think Davina is somebody who could have done her very well, but wasn't relaxed enough in the character to really pay attention to the game she was playing. Um, I don't think she's a trap, though. I think... I think people have made her a trap for themselves. Um, but enough. I think there's plenty to do with her. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we have Cheryl Hole uh, doing Gemma Collins. Again, a very, like, blonde Essex basic girl. She definitely knew how to take the questions and run with them on tangents to make jokes that were th- about things like waxing and vajazzling which are low-hanging fruit that always amuses Rue. Oh, yeah. I thought she did a good job playing a type of girl that I feel like is what her drag persona, as far as I understand, always is. And it was funny enough to survive. Yeah. Good yeah, for I, her. I, yeah, she knew I, what I, game she was playing. No, she basically did her uh, lung, uh, you know, British hometown look from episode one, and it worked. Like, yeah. it, it, you can't even be mad. It's like, oh, you did the thing. You did the thing. You know, you're good at. Great, good for you. Yeah, in a way that felt like you're gonna be this girl talking about her vagina or vaginas enough that Rue, because he's of that generation of gay men, is just gonna laugh, and you're gonna be safe. Like, I feel like she knew going in, I will do this and create my own opportunity to reference the jazzling and be safe. And she was right. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's what happened. Um, okay, so moving down the line, oh, I'm trying to remember the yeah, it was order. The, it was the Vivian. Okay. No, so, wait. Were there three on top and four on the bottom? Yes. Okay, so then it was the Vivian doing Donald Trump. Thoughts on this impersonation? Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, it is hard for me to engage even good satire about the Trump administration because it causes my my cortisol levels to spike. It just it's a real stressful time. Uh, to anyone listening to this podcast in the burned out remains of America far in the future, this is what it felt like to live in the now. Um, I I'll say I hope New China is beautiful. Yeah, pro- it's probably gorgeous. Um, so. The, the impersonation, it, this is kind of like the Vivian's thing for me a little, where until she started riffing with Baga's uh, Thatcher, it was one of those, like, this is technically faultless, but still leaves me a little cold. It was like, there was it was a perfectly executed impersonation of Trump, the intonation, uh, the jokes were all there, but it still left me a little distant because I didn't get like the connection. Like, like when you like Jinx Monsoon doing Little Edie is like a is a fucking joy. Like it is restorative to watch to watch Jinx do that. And even though it was great as when it was by itself, 
I still didn't feel that same that same like euphoria of watching a snatch game just crush it. Okay, I felt that this was the best Donald Trump. As much as it was a caricature, I felt like it was an extremely well done. Oh God, yeah, it's heard impersonation. It was unsettlingly good. Yeah, better than Alec Baldwin's for sure. I think it's very hard to do not just like. One of my favorite things to do is to look up YouTube videos of British people trying to do American accents because I'm a weirdo. Um, I think it's very funny to have people to listen to people mix like a Southern accent and a Brooklyn accent and like a Valley Girl California accent while saying specific words that they have an American stereotype for. And it's like those are all regionally specific American accents. Nobody says all of those words the way that you are saying them. Like. No one has that hodgepodge accent. You sound crazy. Uh, listeners, I highly encourage you to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But... I, lo- I love, like, 80s, 90s British sitcoms, and they'll have a random character who's supposed to be from America, and they clearly cast a British actor, and it's the weirdest fucking thing to listen to. It's like, is that what we sound like when we try British accents? Is that what this feels like? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that Vivian knocked it out of the... Park, I think we are living in an unsettlingly, unsettlingly dystopic time. She made a point to grab all of the words that Donald Trump uses and know, knew exactly how to pronounce them. And the, the really topical, obvious punchlines like with Russia, etc. urine, like, and I feel like she knew how to answer questions and create her own lane without it feeling like a completely irrational detergent and stayed in character the whole time. I'm not going to say that I'm not... It's not like I, I I wake up every morning and I think of the what has been roughly translated as a Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Um, I nonetheless thought the Vivian was very funny and did a phenomenal job. One of the best snatch game. I agree with Michelle. One of the best snatch game performances, if not the best ever. I was completely blown away. What did you think of Baga's Maggie Thatcher? It was great. It was it was like it, it, and it was great in like the best way because it was like. It was like one half a passable Margaret Thatcher impersonation, and it was two thirds Baga being Baga. And I know that adds up to more than one. I'm making a point. It's a metaphor. Um, it was like the perfect infusion of like here are three things: uh, the hair, the teeth, the bag, uh, and two or one or two catchphrases that would be the, the the signposts for a Thatcher impression. And then the rest was just bag of chips turned up to a 12. And I think that's what made it so successful because there was just enough to latch on to, to make it recognizably Margaret Thatcher, while then being fucking hilarious because it's bag of chips doing what she does best. Yeah, I think she picked a couple attributes and a, I think a negative stereotype of Margaret Thatcher that would definitely be preeminent in the black country. Uh, <laughs> uh, and really leaning it like right down to the red, to the red contacts, to the teeth, like in a permanently distorted place, looking left and right, like a nervous chipmunk slash like demonic monster. Whenever the camera wasn't on her, she chose a really, tearing Maggie Thatcher down caricature version of Maggie Thatcher that allowed her to be playful and weird. And I don't like 
Baga was not aiming to do the best Maggie Thatcher impersonation she could. She was choosing to do a very negative, hilarious caricature of Maggie Thatcher, and she did exactly what she was aiming to do. Yeah. Um, and I thought I thought it was great. Um, it's not unfounded. Like, Maggie Thatcher, whose son famously was one of the people who was trying to create a whites-only currency in South Africa post-apartheid, uh, you know, not the best legacy. <laughs> uh, so, and, you know, she obviously had... That's her son, but you get the idea. She's not great. Um, oh, no, so, the red contacts made sense because she's in hell. Yeah. Uh, so moving down to Crystal doing Rue McClanahan, I'm going to just jump in and tell you my thoughts on this. I feel that Crystal... So I love the Golden Girls. I feel like Crystal thus far has shown us she's pretty good with makeup and looks. I felt like her makeup was off. She did not do old makeup. She did nothing to try to make her look face look fatter or anything like that. And her makeup itself was off. Like, there was, like, too much white powder center of the cheek that just suddenly stopped. So she didn't actually do makeup well to do Rue, and I would have appreciated her doing a little older makeup. She did not raise her voice or do any, do a sufficient Southern accent. She said a few words with a Southern accent, and she kept looking towards Rue and almost never looked at the camera. I do feel that the actual text of her responses were things that could have been delivered with good comedic timing not that they're ideal but i think that she stayed in the game she understood both the character and the game what she didn't understand was delivery and she failed on delivery i i do think it would have been funnier if she went more the route that you alluded to earlier where it's like you want to kind of keep it subtle but like have innuendo there and that's the route i would be more inclined to go but i honestly think she would have been safe if not good if she delivered it well she wasn't she wasn't embodying Blanche Devereaux enough to be selling a line, the retorts that she was giving. Yeah, I, I think what was and what was missing for me, and speaking of someone else who loves the Golden Girls, is just uh, part. Of, I think an intrinsic part of Blanche's charm uh, was how happy she was. She was like this big bubbling force of nature, and that's what made her so appealing. Uh, it, yeah. it made it made like. You watch that show and be like, sure, that woman's 60, but I'm sure she gets it all the time. She probably, she gets it more than I do. Like, of course she does. And like, that's what was missing for me. That just kind of like joie de vivre, I guess, is the phrase I'm looking for. And I think, I personally do think that the best Rue impersonation would have maintained that balance of naughty. Because that's also very match game. The real match game. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. On innuendo. But setting that aside just happy like it felt funereal like they, she decided to cast her as dead and it made the piece somewhat funereal as a result it was it was probably the one real bummer on the panel like even more than something wrong for me so, so, we'll get something wrong in a second but that just was like a ship lost at sea uh ruse just was just like ugh. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm not I don't think I saw it at, quite as negatively as you did I do agree with your general statement about Rue McClanahan portraying Blanche but I just I think if it was a higher pitched voice stayed in a southern accent and looked towards the camera it would have been safe because she was answering in ways that were funny in line with the character it would have been funnier if it was all innuendo like that's the optimal way to do this character right I just I just think I think she did like b-plus work 
with her responses and F work with her delivery. Yeah, I would agree. I get that. Um, so then we move down to Blue Hydrangea. And I'm. this is an instance where, again, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on this at the top. So I feel that a lot of the fandom has generally commented on how a lot of the younger girls who grew up with this show... This isn't just, like, drag that they've experienced. This is how they learned how to do drag. This is their first sort of encounter with the very idea of drag. And drag has changed and become a lot more accessible with the internet and with this show. And, like, that's fine. But Blue is Blue self-identifies as, like, Generation Rue. I think she knows that she's not, like, a well-trained actress and comedic performer like Davina, like Baga, like Vivian. I think she knew that and she was like i'm gonna pick an iconically prim and proper british old lady and make her dirty and just like blue was not aiming to impress us with a meryl street performance on the snatch game nor should anyone be trying for that she was literally like i know exactly how i will survive this by grabbing all the low-hanging fruit of a prim and proper british old woman being dirty and rue RuPaul Charles loves that kind of basic comedy. He's a very smart man, but his sense of humor is not always very sophisticated. And I feel like Blue knew, if I do this, I will survive. So I will do this. So I will survive. There, was, This was the least ambitious choice she could have made. But also given how young she was, it was the smartest one for her to make. Because I think her goal was just to survive Snatch Game. And she knew she would survive like this. With oh. this. Yeah, and I, I, I'll totally agree. And I'll say it's kind of the opposite of Crystal's Rue McClanahan, where it's like, yeah, was the substance of her jokes great? Nah, I mean, those, I mean, her no. jokes were older than Blue is. But she delivered it consistently and funnily enough to, to, to stay in. And it wasn't even like, oh, she should, she should not have been in the bottom three. She was, it was her and, yeah, she was properly safe based on that performance. Yeah, um, I agree. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if I love Great British Bake Off, and if someone were like, if I like, and 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 kind of the same way as as with Rue McClanahan, part of the joy of Mary Berry is like the tittering innuendo. She's your sloshed grandma who teaches you to play cards. That kind of like like there there's a like it's the staying inside the line that makes that that makes her personality so delightful in the real world. And sure, you can do a snatch game where you can just turn it up to 12 and uh, talk about fisting. Uh, but I think the the A-plus version of this is one that maintains the kind of, like, gentle winking. Uh, but that was not going to happen with Blue. You are, This is like, like, if I ever went on a competitive cooking show, like if I were ever on Top Chef, I honestly think I would just make toast. It'd be like great fucking toast. It'd be like perfectly toasted toast. Because that's what I know I could do in that setting. You know, it's like I, on cooking shows, people tend to trip up the most often when they just go for more complicated than they can comfortably execute under the circumstances. Where it's like, sure, I made the simplest thing I could have that was responsive to the challenge, but I fucking made it perfectly. Is pro- is a su- completely successful strategy to get you through the not your strong suit episode. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um so then, last, and in my opinion, least, <laughs> something long. What were your thoughts? This is the most male any drag race contestant has been. You know, like like because uh, the other men have been Paul Lind, Little Richard, 
Um, even even Thorgy's Michael Jackson. I, I would put Thorgy's Michael Jackson and Donald Trump in a kind of they're such weird. Like their appearance is so visceral, is kind of out there at the, at where they were depicted in Snatch Game that it almost that it still makes sense as drag somehow even if they're portraying cis men. David Attenborough is just 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 an old man. So I was kind of curious. It was interesting that no one discussed that at all. It was no one even said, "Oh, you're going to do a man for Snatch Game," and. No one even said you're gonna do like a, 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 a an old straight man for Snatch Game. Like all of the other cis men that have been on that have been portrayed have, if not you know gay icon status, at least a certain level of attenuation in our culture that makes them like appropriate to do in a drag context. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. They're caricaturable, caricature easily caricatured individuals with like a whole lot of personality and eccentricity where it absolutely makes sense that a drag queen would impersonate them. David Attenborough just felt like somebody doing and acting David Attenborough. Yeah. And something, like, it was, it was to me, gender is a construct, and yada, yada, yada. I don't want to, to fully go down that rabbit hole now beyond saying this was an inappropriate character to choose for Snatch Game, given the nature of his personality. And if you were going to choose him, you were going to have to take a lot of liberties with the idea of him and understand what Snatch Game was in order to do it in a way that actually made sense. And I knew something Wong wasn't sharp enough to figure. And like, uh, right. if like, she found one of those points, I'm impressed. Right. Like when Ruth says, you know, uh, name an endangered species, you obviously name queens that have just gone home or the queen you think is about to go home because that's funny. Or even if he had turned up this, like, like there's, I think there's a funny joke in the idea of David Attenborough just can't turn it off. He thinks he's still narrating a special and had that. And that's the thing, you know, you don't actually have to respond to the question because it's not a real game. You don't, the points are meaningless if you match with your celebrity guest. So had he just cranked it up to 12 and just responded to every question like he was still in the Savannah watching a rhino take a drink. Um, that would have been funny. Give us some examples. Uh, I don't like, oh, l- l- oh, here we go. Um, like, uh, I'm here on the set of Snatch Game and I see a very tall African giraffe who keeps asking me questions. Like there's, there's a joke you could, uh, that, uh, that's a B. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go workshop. Give me a here. second one. Give me another one. Uh, the, the deepest well in the dry savanna, Michelle Visage's vagina. Like, come on. Yeah. He's, no, no, no. <laughs> I completely agree with you. We were we were out and drunk on Sunday, and you provided me plenty of. This is what something Wong should have done. So I, I wish I had gotten you that sauce before we recorded, or frankly, just had a mic with me. Um, <laughs> just start anyways. recording me everywhere we go. Let's do a reality show about my life. It's it's been waiting yeah. to happen. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we've covered all the panelists now, so now seems like a good time to take a break and hear from our sponsors. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember, you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. 
It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. And we're back, and let's dive into the runway. We start off with Blue Hydrangea coming down as a giant eyeball. What did you think of her look and concept? The Oh, wait, I'm sorry. The category is Weird Science. Genetically Modified Drag Queens. Drag. <laughs> uh, they're, really, they're really digging in there. That's a... That is a broad concept with not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of instruction. Uh, okay, the eyeball. Um, overall, I like the look. It's dramatic, and her makeup was great. I I cannot deny that. Like she she did a she did a good job executing her idea, and it was probably one of the more thoroughly realized ideas on that runway. Uh, looking at the, it's a caftan, but the detailing's there. No. No complaints. Um, I didn't love it, but it was a well... For what it was, it was well done. I agree. The only thing that was a little odd to me was the... She seems to default to nude in place of white. And as somebody of the, hey, my foundation color is the lightest shade in the very diversified collection. Or if I'm an Irish person with sun damage in the summer... And they have those half shades. I get to go one up so I'm not the palest and I feel empowered somehow. Like, look, my body created a modicum of melanin. The difference between white and nude-toned sheer material might not stand out as much. I think that this would have been better if it was white than it is with the flesh tone. And I feel like with those stockings, it makes me feel like all the embroidery is supposed to be in some way an extension of an irritated eye conceptually which I'm not thrilled with, but I agree with you. Like, that's the one part that's a little off-putting to me. Because, yeah. like, look, look at... But overall, I think it was a good idea. It was fun. It made a statement. It was invented. We haven't seen it before. I, I doesn't look like it was very expensive. It was just, like, um, you know, it was tender, loving care with materials. And I think she did a good job coming up with something that nobody else was going to do that was a distinct and fun and playful look. That fit the challenge. And again, this challenge had, this challenge is like hard to define what it is. Yeah. Um, Cheryl Hull, I feel like I'm almost impressed with how much she's able to stay in like Essex blonde basic bitch drag in any category. Like, I feel like she fit the challenge while still seeming like her really basic drag persona yeah and i'm almost impressed by that yeah. um there's something like weirdly like boy you're really co- is this like your sister you're really committed to this idea of a person you know who she is and i'm not crazy about the idea of this person but you never let go like you never let go um she did she did the challenge yeah it was underwhelming but she did yeah, it. It, it everything looks like it i'm looking at the picture it looks like it fits you know? <laughs> it fits very well. It fits very well. I feel like she added some... I mean, she might have chose this for this look, but it might be something she had already and she added the tubes. And the symmetry of the tubes make it so that it, like, feels runway appropriate. Yeah. Like, she did a very good job. I am a little like, please do something more interesting. 
a lot of the drag race girls seem to like Cheryl Hole a lot, so I feel like there must be more to her than we're seeing that, like, Alaska loves Cheryl Hole. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, who's next? I don't remember the order. Um, something Wong came down in that look that looked like a reference to a Britney Spears video to me that also... The way she did her makeup, it looked like almost like a face taped onto another face. She had the mask in front of her, the silver tray for like injectables and stuff, and a needle that she pushed into her lip towards the end. What did you think of this runway? Um, if you wanted to do that face gag, you needed like 10 more faces. Like if it was supposed to be like face off or something, and that was the joke, then you needed a bunch more faces to pull that off. Um, and the faces needed to be different. I don't think there was enough difference between the face she was holding up and the one she painted on, so there was no real gag there. Like, And maybe if the bodysuit had fit perfectly, it might have worked, but it did not. It, okay. It is real bunchy in a lot of places. Here's where I'm going to surprise you. I really don't like something Wong. Like, I want to see something redeeming in her, and I can't. I just feel like people give her great advice, and then she's in the confessional giving really bad reasons why she's ignoring it, and I just want to shake her. Um, And I've hated her makeup this whole time. I thought she did a good job. I think you're right. It would have been better with a mask that looked, like, had a different expression or had, like, eye makeup on even if structurally it was like this is something Wong's face and I'm holding a mask in front of me but it's like me smiling with like eyeliner and then I move it and I'm like not smiling and it's makeup free something um it would have been more interesting I was impressed with the way she was able to delineate to make it look like this section of my face is a mask on her own makeup even up close it looked very effective it's the best makeup she did the whole time the bodysuit did not fit as well as it should have though it was not terrible I think it's a fun reference I don't think cosmetic surgery in a category like weird science genetically modified drag queens is inappropriate. I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like she got really red. And the like she should be going home for her David Attenborough. I'm not sure if she like her runway was like I don't think her runway was abysmal. Honestly. It had a thought behind it and I, I appreciate that. Next, we have... uh, Let's go with Davina. What did you think of Davina's look? This, like, uh, blue, sort of bubbly on the sides, aquatic creature with a bowl on her head. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I I like that she intentionally played with shape. Uh, So, like, there's not not an hourglass. There's not a stick figure. There's a completely not-human shape and walk. Um, I did think her makeup and hair made her look like Cameron Michaels, and that really got me for a second. Um, but her makeup's gorgeous. Like, her... Stunning. Stunning. Her makeup is so good. I am so impressed with her makeup. And the play with blues, pale blues, and, and darkening and shadowing and contouring with these, like, aqua blues between the wig and the makeup. I Like, stunning. I am so impressed yeah. with her makeup. yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Sorry, go on. I just no. I it's just, jump in it, on it's the, just the, the wig shape and the cheekbones are giving me Cameron Michaels, and that was like a weird dissonant moment for me. But other than, that, I mean, yeah. seriously, gorgeous look. Yeah, no. She she really pulled it off, and I like that. She, like she was obviously intentionally doing like I'm lumpy and misshapen aqua woman, like 
this is an intentionally thrown off figure that is not stick nor hourglass because this is a genetically modified like aquatic plant life human hybrid creature concept yeah and it was it was beautiful um very well done what did you think of the vivian's look oof (laughs) did not like um I, I get what she was going for. The The nose prosthesis was well enough applied. And from like the shoulders up, it works. It just looks incomplete on the way down. Like if it had been a gown, if the if the if there were a more obvious pattern in the cat suit, if the cat suit fit better. Like it felt like she was consciously trying to make herself look like shapeless under there as part of the look, but it did not come off. Yeah, I feel like the big, like, I feel like conceptually both the Vivian and Davina were aiming for an idea of, like, a plant life human hybrid. Mm -hmm. And again, this is me speculating. I think the Vivian's is like a land based plant life human hybrid. And I think Davina's is like an aquatic plant life human hybrid concept. Um, But they're in similar ballparks. And I feel like Davina's looks intentional and almost like the bubble shape of the sort of sides creating her silhouette feels like referential to the water. And the Vivian's feels like this is like a hybrid, like genetically modified drag queen that's gone wrong. And it's like, okay, I get it because like the nose is off. So there feels like there's some intentionality. But in the end, it just feels messy. Whereas Davina's feels like a fully executed concept from head to toe. Like I just, Davina feels like she was aiming for almost the same idea and she like stuck the landing and the Vivian just didn't. Yeah. I think had Davina done even moderately better in the snatch game, she would have won the overall challenge based on her look. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I would like that to have been the reality. I don't know how likely that actually would be to be the reality. Uh, what did you think of bag of chips look? Oh, sweet, sweet summer child bag of chips. Um, You got to give her credit. She knew she phoned this one in because she kind of had no idea how to approach it. Um, Maybe with a better wig and some eyelashes. I don't know. Like, like maybe there is a version of this look that is responsive to the challenge and not just like, like, had you told me this was her Bond girl, I would have said, okay. Yeah, no, I I actually don't think this is the challenge at all. This is like, you're a, this looks like a super villain out of a box costume that fits her very well. So probably a seamstress tailored it to her. And she didn't really know what to make of this category, let alone what to do with it. I will say I do think that it would have been reasonable for her to have taken this and done something weird and interesting with her makeup to make it like I, I, I think there's a way th- yeah 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 like there's something you can you can take this as a base and modify it but you need to like pick a theme or a full concept this literally to me looks like an out-of-the-box steampunk-esque with the goggles but only the goggles like super villain costume that I love I like Baga I've said early that I'm afraid of Baga getting a silky edit where it's like I like you and there's a lot that's great to you but they they're relying on we liking you, your your big brass loud self-aggrandizing personality so much that we're actually gonna like you less than we should because they're not critiquing you enough. Yeah. 
Uh, and I, I will say, like, her Maggie Thatcher absolutely justified her being safe, no question. But this costume to me was like, this was not the challenge, honey. And I, and they were like, step it up. And to me, it was like, you shouldn't just be saying step it up. You should be saying, how about you do the challenge next time? <laughs> um. So, all right. And then lastly, Crystal, what were your thoughts? <sighs> it was a lot. Successfully a lot, I would say. But it was still like, this is one of those like... um. This is a random reference, but go with me for a second. Um, I dipped my toe into the Boulay Brothers Dracula, and I have nothing but respect for the insane thing those queens have to do. But it's, you know, after giving it a fair shot, it's not for me. It's not because it's not good. It's, I think, actually very good. And I'm thrilled there's a, another voice in the reality drag community. But it's, not, it's, it's never going to be what I go running to to watch myself. I won't object if someone else puts it on. And that's kind of where this look landed for me. And in fact, I think it's something that probably could have walked in in an episode of Dracula. Um, the mouthpiece is very well done and very creepy. Uh, any type, any horror movie about a dentist is one I will not be watching. Um, so this this really unnerved me a little. And as much as it was a gimmick, I can't fault the queen for having a gimmick, but using the the uh, grinder on the metal plates on her arm and and crotch certainly produced a look. Um, so it's one of those like I, I have to respect the artistry and completeness of this look while acknowledging that it's just one of those that was not for me. And that's not to denigrate the look because not everything is for me, but this was not for me. I agree. It fit the challenge. It was, I feel like facially the way in which it looks like I've sort of torn apart or torn apart or like being surgically altered or like in the middle of some sort of dental or facial reconstructive surgery. Here is my face being pulled back. I think it did a phenomenal job of doing and being that. Um, I I think she fit the category. The shock value of the, the, um, what was that device? Oh my god, I'm so out of it. I've had a rough day. What is the the chainsaw? Is that what it is? What would you call the thing? That I, she I think was... it was just like a like a electric saw. Was it? What, what, I don't think it was a saw. I think it was like a like a thing you would use to like an electric sander. Like I think it's what it was. With one of those metal things on the edges, yeah. so that it like rotates. Okay, um, whatever it was. Like here's my thing. Do that once or twice. She spent so much time doing that that I was like, okay, this is not the Boulay Brothers. (laughs) Keep walking down that runway, honey. When she got down on her hands and knees and showed them her ass and was doing it in her crotch plate, I was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. You went went too far. Um, Yeah. So then let's talk about safes, tops, and bottoms. Blue and Cheryl, I think, were appropriately safe for all of the basic reasons that we discussed. She knew her audience. Like, they knew their audience. They knew... I don't think either of them were aiming for anything other than safe. And they picked a recipe for safe. And they both made safe. Um, All right. So then the bottom three being Davina, Something Wong, and Crystal. What did you think? Was Davina in the bot? Was she a bottom, or was she like a? Because t- like that look was so great, and her Julia Child was just not good as opposed to bad. Like, how would you classify Davina? Because that, like, I think that the show has the tendency to keep 
three, like a top three and a top and a bottom three. And the top is sometimes just a top two. But they usually keep a third girl to be like, yeah, that didn't really work out. And if you go on Wikipedia, it's like bottom three. I think Davina technically will get that right up on Wikipedia. Okay. I think they thought she picked a good character, but wasn't having fun with it and really like giving a lot beyond supportive cast. And her, her look was stunning. I do think that she was like, I almost feel like with her, it was like those two other girls were good enough in both categories. We're not going to like stay and talk with them. We know you're a great actress and this didn't really work out for you. So we're going to have a talk with you. Like there was no, I felt that there was no even hint because we all knew you're not putting Davina in the bottom three. Like there was no, the bottom two were very clear. Yeah. I agree with you there. I think technically Davina will be labeled as a bottom three because she stayed up for that conversation whether or not, if anything, I think the judges just have higher expectations of her. Do you know yeah. what? It, d- does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's just weird in my head to say Cheryl and Blue Hydrangea did better than Davina, and I'm like, overall, I agree. That sounds like a weird sentence. Um, I agree. I agree because I feel like her runway was uh, like epically better than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Like out of the park, a completely won this category, no question, and she. She made a modification and picked a character that she made a few funny jokes with, but obviously wasn't fully living in. Whereas the other two were just like unapologetically for going for low hanging fruit. So it really is apples and oranges to even compare them. And I would not say, oh, they they both definitely performed better than Davina. Yeah. I'm not. That doesn't yeah, feel but right. The, okay, so setting Davina aside in the quantum state in which Davina exists, apparently. Um, I feel like we've discussed it. We yeah. can just we can move her into the back safe row with yeah. everybody else. Yeah. So top two are right, bottom two are right. Like uh, Crystal's look was well achieved on the runway. I agree, a little overdone, but she and something Wong were clearly the bottom two. Baga and Vivian were clearly the top. This is this is something I meant to discuss in the uh, main snatch game, but it's like once they started riffing on each other. That's where it became like the best fucking snatch game for me. Like they they both that was a joy to watch because they both bounced the ball back and forth. It, it wasn't like when when you know Roof uh, fed Ivy Winters Marilyn Monroe a softball and she dropped it and then Jinx was in with the with this with, with a funnier joke. They were really going back and forth. I would as much as I can't stand either content creators. Yeah, as much as I couldn't stand either of the people they depicted, I would watch that like road trip comedy with the two of them. Like that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely created their own banter and comedy between one another and it was perfect and perfectly done. This was this is definitely one of the top 3 snatch games for me personally yeah i'm gonna um, put a pin in that I, I until the it, end because i want to i, I want to know what you think is the best snatch game ever but we'll, we'll okay. get to that in a second um okay yeah but bot, top and bottom were correct how do you feel about the tie i think it's weird and wrong i thought how do you feel about I it i thought it was inside the lines i think they both had great snatch games and then they both had such misses on the runway that like giving the Vivian an unalloyed win like don't get me wrong if if I had to pick between Vivian and Baga and be like you must choose one of these people to win it's Vivian hands down 
But uh, giving Vivian the win by herself in this episode as it was shown to us would feel almost like they were ignoring uh, how weak her runway look was. And I feel like they rounded up with Baga to make it a tie because both did have legendary snatch games and then both had, for different reasons, very weak runway looks. So that felt closer to like a tie was justified than, say, Ginger and Kennedy getting it when they got it. Okay. Um, I think they both had legendarily wonderful Snatch games, uh, and I feel that Baga was indisputably one of the top two contenders in the game of Snatch Game, and absolutely did not do the category for the runway, and thus was indisputably one of the bottom two for the runway, and thus was safe, and absolutely not a winner. Uh, she did not do this category at all. She di- It's not like she took a swing at it and missed. Something Wong <laughs> took a swing at it, and it wasn't great, but she was in the category. Vivian took a swing at it and wasn't great and was in the category. Bag of Chips did not do the challenge for the runway. Therefore, I am very confused as to why she won this week, because that does not make sense. I get that. I And like I said, I, I absolutely agree. Vivian's runway was better than Baga's runway, if only because it was responsive to the challenge. But I feel like Vivian's runway was such a misfire and such a rare misfire for a queen we know to be very talented that it muddied the waters enough to like weirdly justify the tie for me. I think that the Vivian is very good and very competent and a tactician in a number of ways. Her looks have been... Good to great. I do feel like sometimes the judges are like, this is great. And I'm like, this is good. I'm not sure I'm at a place where I'm like, I've decided that you're great with the runway. I I haven't. She hasn't impressed me that much. Like, she's not a, she's not a Violet. She's not a Naomi. Like, I'm not, she's not in that category. So this isn't, this is her biggest whiff. This is her biggest, like, miss. But I'm not sure that it's that outside of everything else. That said, she's a phenomenal actress. Like, no, she's a phenomenal actress. I'm very impressed with her. Um, yeah, so the double wins seemed silly to me. If anything, I think they're going to give Baga easy wins because they want to keep her till the end. They're in it to win it with her. And yeah. So now onto the lip sync. Uh, they are doing Spice Up Your Life in front of, and we haven't discussed the judges yet, so perfect place to do so. Uh, doing a Spice Girl song in front of one of the original Spice Girls, Jerry Hollowell, who I think just goes by Jerry now, or at least because she didn't want to use her married name or something. But anyway, Jerry Hollowell, Ginger Spice. Um, as a 90s kid, this was fun. Like, I, I enjoyed seeing a Spice Girl trotted out. That was delightful. Um, yeah. The lip sync itself was fine. You know, we're just never going to get... Like, if I have one complaint to lobby about uh, this series of Drag Race, it's that none of the lip syncs are ever going to be the... Like, there's always a queen who's doing worse. And she has to do not just better, but better enough to justify staying. She literally has to save herself with the lip sync. And none of these queens are good enough at lip syncing to save themselves. So you kind of know going into the lip sync... Whichever girl was weaker, well, that's the one who was going to go home. So it's a little anticlimactic, but it's don't get me wrong. The rest of the episode is still fucking fantastic. And I want the worst girl to go home each week. That's how it should work. So I'm not mad, but it does make the, the lip syncs a little anticlimactic. I agree with you. I think that it is very... it Lip syncing is not something that British drag queens do. 
I feel like each lip sync feels like these awkward British drag queens trying to embody the unearned confidence of an American drag queen and failing to do so. Um, I don't. I agree with you that in the end it is who performed the worst regardless of the lip sync. Nobody is getting up there and serving a, oh my god, what was her name? Trinity K. Bonet, like, fucking up the challenge, but turning it fucking out and there being like a fire. And I don't think we're going to have that moment this series, and I doubt we're going to have that moment frequently if there are subsequent Drag Race UK series, um, because I just don't think British drag queens do that. That's not a skill in their wheelhouse. I do wonder if having this show there will in any way change that, but I doubt it because I feel like they've been watching American Drag Race in the UK for a decade and this hasn't become a thing in British drag culture yet. So um, it is. it does feel like by the time they get to the finale and they're doing the lip sync, the lip sync is never explosive in a way that's like, oh, well, this is going to move the needle one way or the other. And that feeling... That excited feeling of, but she really turned it out and it was so close in the end, is fun and part of the fun of the end of the episodes. Historically, we don't get that moment here, but I also feel like these girls are much stronger in a lot of what Rue is asking for in the main challenges. So, like, as a whole, it's better. I'm enjoying it. I'm not complaining. I'm simply acknowledging. It's different. It's different and it's better. It's just not better in every way. Like, and that's, that's life. Yeah. So, agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, something Wong went home. It was her time. Absolutely. I am so looking forward to not having her in the confessionals talk about why she's not taking good advice for reasons that don't make any fucking sense. I feel like I dislike her so much and I feel bad for disliking her so much, but I disliked her so much and I am so glad she's gone. I still kind of liked her. I will say, um, since we're not doing like full, formal, separate untucks, uh, with celebrity encounters, uh, Jerry go, Jerry Hollowell going back there on her own to like s- to tell something Wong she liked. I don't know that that melted even my uh, little knotted block of vinegar and ice that is where my heart should be. Uh, that made me go aw. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So then, like 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 on. all bitter people, we're secretly hopeless romantics, and we use a thick kite and a shell of sarcasm to protect our mushy insides you um all right so i thought you you wanted to close by discussing favorite snatch games yes yeah so this episode got discussed as one of the best snatch games and i completely agree is it the best i still think all stars 2 their snatch game was better not by a lot not not by not in like and i'll entertain arguments in the reverse i don't think those are i don't think it's like so such a difference that it's like how could you even argue it but oof, I think All Stars Two just had a little bit more uh, in terms of like more people hitting it out of the park, good synergy, a fucking laugh riot, like for the ages. Like Alaska doing May West and Katya doing Bjork is probably what I want played at my funeral. Yeah, no, I agree. I I feel like I cannot be at all objective about this i love katya i love alaska i have a special place in my heart for both may west and bjork and i did well before they chose those characters also the rest of that panel other than frankly roxy i felt did a great job with the snatch game yeah um 
Uh, like, even Tatiana, she was making a bunch of Ariana jokes in her responses that were not landing, but I knew what she was referencing, and I thought they were funny, even if they didn't have the good delivery or comedic timing, or she should have gone with more basic low-hanging fruit Ariana jokes. Uh, to me, that is still the best one. I'm not sure if I can come... Like, so that was phenomenal. I think the best Snatch Game performance ever was probably Bendel the Creme as, um, oh god, what's his name? Paul Lynn. Yeah. Uh, like, knocked it out of the park. Everybody else was failing, and he just, like, leaned in and was having fun and kind of making fun of them being bad as they were being bad. And it was phenomenal. I think that was better. I think that's the best actual performance ever. Uh, um, for, and- uh, for me, that moment is uh, is Jinx's uh, Little Edie because it was both riotously funny in the moment and it was also like, it was like the narrative fulcrum of that season. That was the moment when everyone had to stop and be like, oh shit, we, we have been ironically sleeping on Jinx Monsoon the whole time. And so like, that that performance represents such an achievement in both snatch itself and then like drag competition that that's one of that that's one of those like seismic ones for me. So I yeah I get it that that season fives was a good snatch game. It might not be the best overall, but that performance both for what it was and what it represented in the season remains like one of like the best moments for me. Oh, I mean it's absolutely one of the best for me too. I think. The weird thing with Ben doing Pollen is everybody else was terrible, but she was so good. She still managed to make it funny bantering. It was like she was playing tennis with herself and running to the other side of the court to hit the hall ba- ball back to her fucking self. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to be very clear. Like, uh, comparing favorites is always like, why do this to yourself? I agree with your everything you just said about Jinx. To me, Ben, it was like, you have nobody to volley with and you're doing it on your own. Like it was just insane. Right. A- a- insane. Anytime you, if you ever start to think to yourself that Ben sending herself home was like stupid or attention seeking or unjustified, you watch that snatch game and you're, you're like, you're right. There is nothing else for her here. She won. She set the record for wins ever on the show. Six episodes in. She hated the process and the concept. She had something she wanted to prove to herself and to the audience because she let Dayla get in her head the first time around, though she'd never admit that publicly, it's obvious. And she did it, and she left as soon as she was done. She set the record, and she left. Like, I honestly think that mic drop was, like, big lipstick energy for days. (laughs) Uh, as like I understand that a lot of people are like she ruined the season by just like bouncing. She was doing her like I don't I, I can't be mad at yeah. that. I don't know. I like I wish she stayed for me, but not for her. So, um, yeah, this was this was phenomenal. I feel like a lot of them really had the sensibilities for this. I think Snatch Game is much more in line with the type of things that British entertainers generally do. Yeah, and totally. That showed. Um, so it was it was great. Uh. I had a blast. Yeah, me too. Uh, so yeah, e- even if we agree it's not the single best snatch game, that's it's it's like being like, what's your favorite sex position? It's like, it, w- yeah, no, they're all good. 
Yeah, doggy style at 90 degrees, doggy style at 75 degrees. I mean, they're both hitting where we need to get hit, so, you know. Uh, we're ladies. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the look on your face, you don't know how to carry on. I, d- I, I don't know it. how to transition to the ending, so... Um... No, I think that's it. I, we've covered this. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. This was a great episode. We'll be back, hopefully. Uh, we apologize for the uh, pacing. We're trying to get back on track to be more in line with when these are released hopefully you get a new episode soon yeah uh we don't have very many ratings on itunes so please go and rate review subscribe but most importantly please write us a positive review or give us five stars uh the more reviews we get the more we the higher we show up in searches and it would really help the podcast that's it for me what do you have anything to add hersla uh nope i am i'm 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 still flabbergasted so i'm i'm good <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'm going to say bye. bye.